0: You're tuned in to episode six of the Comics Pals podcast. We're a comic book journalist and friends who have decided to record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives.
1: Phil's not
2: here. There's no joke this week.
0: Thanks. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Phil and Kale are on vacation. <clears throat> uh, we are recording this the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So, you know, we're visiting family, still eating leftovers, uh, Hibernating. Um, but the pals are joined by two of our good friends, two good friends of the show, uh, Tyler Olson and Leather Daddy himself, <laughs> Matt Murphy from the Long Box Podcast. What up? <clears throat>
3: Crossover episodes! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, guys. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, and thank all of you who are listening for joining us as well uh if you want to stay familiar with us and uh, keep up with everything that we do you can check us out all over the internet uh you can like and uh subscribe to the to our youtube channel uh you can follow the comics pals on twitter instagram at the comics pals and you can write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com
4: you can also get our new uh soundcloud account too
0: yes soundcloud and um, iTunes. Are we, We're on iTunes now? Well, by the time this releases, we will be. Woo! Cool.
2: We did it, guys. 2016. It's going to be our year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what every celebrity said, and then they died. <laughs> <laughs> December thirty first. It's gonna be either Stan Lee or Bernie Sanders. I'm Why?
0: calling it. Oh <laughs>
1: god. No. Stan Lee? You
2: just you just triggered a hundred percent of our audience.
3: <laughs> Unless like the diehard Kirby people were like, Yeah, Stan Lee.
1: <laughs> Let's go for it. Steve Ditko is somewhere like yes.
0: So I'm I'm really excited to have you guys on. Uh I've known both of you for a while now, but Matt more so just because we worked together for a while, and you guys have kind of branched off and done your own thing and Done really, really well with the long box so far. So why don't you guys tell us how the long box came to be? I think we were, were we at a bar. I think like when we
3: we're like, we just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we were just at it was old, someone's
1: birthday, I think.
3: Was it were we being anti social at a bar, talking <laughs> to just ourselves about comics but no like no one else wants to talk about the party? It was a it was at the Viking looking bar where it looked like the huge tavern. I don't know. Uh, I I can guarantee I wasn't even drunk. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um They didn't have
1: Sam Adams, that's all I know. You didn't have your your Boston Lager. (laughs) I didn't have my Boston (laughs) Lager, so I was drinking cider. (laughs) Yeah. And we were like, let's just fucking do it. I think
3: it was okay. It had to have been a Viking looking bar, because we were probably just talking about Thor all of a sudden. And we segue, like, yo, do a podcast. It was definitely on a Wednesday because we didn't pick up our books. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't pick up our books yeah. on Wednesday yeah, um, yeah we probably we, we've been talking about it for years now uh, it's just one of those things where we just talked about it a lot without actually doing anything um, and I think we just both had maybe one too many drinks and we just like screw it we're gonna do it and probably not as rhymey as, as that was um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so I, I just was like alright I already bought all this stuff now we are monetarily invested. Let's do it. I think with the Longbox name too, we were, we're, we're there on maybe. a Friday.
1: we were like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Oh man.
3: There's a funny story about the long box name, but, but I guess we could tell it. Oh, so, okay. So we have a friend who's a, he's is he a lawyer or he's, he's, he's in, in law school. school. He's in law school and he pranked us so hard. He like emailed us from like a fake account saying that there's another Longbox podcast and we were getting sued for the name. And like it's legit and like he came up with people that were actually real. And like he had websites made. Yeah, he made fake websites. <laughs> um and like me, I'm a lot more chill about things. So I was like, all right, well, we'll figure it out. If we have to come up with a new name, we'll do it. If we have to kill the guy, we'll do that. Um, <laughs> and then I almost started crying. Matt was literally like we were in a comic store and he was fuming. Like like smoke was coming out of his
1: ears. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we, were ta- we just talked to like a, a, we a talk- writer that we were planning on getting to have our first interview. We were writing a high and then we got this email it was so uh, well done oh.
2: wow what a, what a great prank man that's what that's called <laughs>
1: yeah no he, he offered he was like I, I feel like I should take you out to dinner and like <laughs> last week this happened he's like I still feel bad I was like it was a good prank I thought it was great <laughs> I thought it was great <laughs> fucked
0: up what were some of the other names that you guys considered before you landed on the long box oh, man. the porn
3: corner uh, <laughs> that was what he considered. I think it's his first. He's like, he's like, hey, let's get a the, our first interview would be the guy who does all those superhero porn parodies. And, so and I didn't want to. And like this guy started tweeting at us too, and he has like a million followers or something. He is like 150k. And then I'm like, okay, I, that sounds all great, but I don't want to be pitched as the porn comic podcast. Although that is a niche comic, like there's a market for that. Right. wink wink it's me um <laughs> so feel free to take that idea unless you want to do that on the side um wait yeah, what else, else do we think of uh we were gonna go with between
1: it was like a what was it the white something okay that whoa no not <laughs> 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 stuff in between the panels the white space oh the no the, the, it's the,
3: the, gutters. the gutters yeah and then that was i think that was already taken like everything we came up with was, like already taken and then it was just like well this people these people only did one podcast can we do that And i feel like that's rude what if they want to do another one and the bloodthirsty part of me was like just take it just take it oh yeah no not but bad. yeah we just came up with something ourselves and then there's another long box podcast, though. There's like, well, there's there's like, there're like variations of that, but we kind of took the. Yeah,
2: you guys are the long box podcast. There's another one that's like, is isn't it like stories from the long box or something like that? Yeah, which,
1: which I think that's what the the fake uh, law letter was about. It was from one of those. <laughs> I googled us this week, and we're actually on a Quran translation website for our, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah for our future quest episode yeah.
3: It was weird. We were also on a Bolivian website <laughs> and they were like hosting us. And like, I was trying to translate the comments They're like, oh, this is cool. And I'm like, how do you know what we're saying? But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I can't even get us. I'm like, I can't even get some of my friends to listen to me, but <laughs> we have Bolivian people listening. So we're big in Bolivia.
0: <laughs> we're huge in Bolivia. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that works though? You can't, you can't get your friends to tune into things you do. Everyone has access to us now.
2: Oh, dude, I think my favorite thing is um, not, like, my friends who watch my stuff. Like, I have a a YouTube channel. Regular listeners will know that. Um, But, like, I've had, like, like, one of my college professors, like, has a 10-year-old son
1: that watches my YouTube channel. And it's like, that's weird. Like, (laughs) that's... It's like how do you even find it? Like, well, no. Uh, the head of my department at my day job listens to our podcast because mm. he found it because someone spread it around the office, and then uh, he thank call- you, but dick move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he called me one day and was like, "Hey, like, uh, I heard that people are calling you leather daddy, and like, I get that it's a joke, but it is sexual harassment. So like, if you need to talk to someone, you can." <laughs> My boss, my boss,
3: listens to it. Was listening to it. He's like, yeah, I tried listening to it with uh with my kids in the car, and I had to turn that off real quick. Oh, Actually, man. one of my one of our biggest listeners is probably my grandma. That's awesome! <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, yeah. She totally accepts all the weird, weird shit we say.
2: I, we had the the realization that um, Kale's mom listens to our show last week because he was making jokes about how he wants her to send him his Christmas present of Pokemon Sun or Moon early, and she commented on our Facebook page and was just like, "Nice try, Kale. You'll have to wait till Christmas." <laughs>
0: Before we stray too far away from this, uh, Matt, what is the origin of your name, your nickname, Leather Daddy? Uh, the
1: origin of Leather Daddy. So uh, there was this one night. I think I, it was Gamma.
0: Uh,
1: oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we were out at a party, and I blacked out. Oh and I think God. I told every single one of my bad sex stories. And I woke up <laughs> the next day... And I was being called Leather Daddy. And I was like, what the fuck into so a fight? No, I got in a fight in May. Uh, I blacked out and I got in a fight with this uh, South African Japanese guy in a bar. Okay, that's not how you became Leather Daddy. That's- but that's not how I became Leather Daddy. It's irrelevant. That's, that's, that's just an anecdote. I almost want to hear that story. And I was wearing salmon shorts and this guy points me out in the bar and... And he's like, I hate that guy. He's everything I hate about white privilege. What?
3: (laughs) I don't want to say I disagree with the guy because I don't. Yeah,
1: I'll be honest. (laughs) Did you have a Vineyard Vines shirt too? No. No, okay. But I was drinking uh, Jack and Coke, so. Yeah, okay. That's pretty, I would judge me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are some of your favorite uh, topics that you've spoken about? Uh, since the show started. Porn parodies. Not porn parodies.
3: (laughs) Um, I I like, it's it's more recent, but I like uh, how we both keep reading Civil War 2 and being angry about it. Oh, it's so
0: bad, but I can't put it down. (laughs) Ah, come on. Wait, hold on. Is it really that bad? Sean, I'd rather
1: cut off my left testicle than pay for it. How do you know which
3: one's the left one? Like it just, what
1: do you mean, how do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, had
3: a, I had a torsion once, so I might have changed since. Oh, God. <laughs> that is a horrible story.
0: <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I want to hear that it's one. It's
3: great when you get to tell someone who's doing a sonogram of, you know, your, your balls. Like, hey, is it a boy or a girl? What other topics? And the Suicide Squad
1: being great, great bad. We literally... There's so many books we read that are just really bad that... Another thing is... You know, they're I, not
3: really bad, though. Like, they're good. They're I, good. There's they no what they're trying to do. Yeah. Like I made Matt read all of the rebirth books and then now all the new Marvel number ones and just Mm -hmm. seeing him struggle through that is great. It's awful. Also, I'm still reading red hood and the outlaws. Exactly. And I don't know why (laughs) surprises like that happen. And like, I'm reading, what what was I surprised to read? Like I'm reading Superman right now, which I've never been a Superman guy. And that's really cool. And I'm reading it and I'm loving it. It's like one of my favorite books right now. I also love that Superman's a total delf. Nope.
2: So, so I was going to say, though, speaking of Superman being a dilf, I always really liked his, like, 90s look when he had, like, the silver temples, you know, and he had, like, that, like, crazy space armor on. That was a good look for him.
1: I'm only growing my hair right now so I can get a mullet. A no Superman mullet. And then I want to have a mustache and a mullet, and I just want to take <laughs> new long box podcast pictures and just be like, everything you love about the comic book industry. Is it your goal to become the new Most Hated Man in comics? Yes.
3: Wait, I, I like how we actually are sometimes live from your parents' basement. <laughs> Stereotypes. Uh,
0: perfect. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about having a podcast? Um,
1: I like when random people listen to it and comment on it. Because, like, I'll get a random text from someone being like, Why the fuck did you talk about this?
3: Yeah, yeah I, um... the the random like iTunes reviews that I know aren't written by me on fake accounts are great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they're good. So I'm like, Hey, someone likes it. I like, I, I like knowing how, like, I don't really know how many people are listening, but
1: it's fun. Like it could be like three people listening and I'd be like, all right, fine. Screw it. It's fun. You know what's funny? Uh, My aunt works for the Catholic church and I bring this up almost every episode, (laughs) but she retweets our episodes all the time. And I'm always talking about like eating ass or watching porn (laughs) and her listeners are people who work at the church. Do we, are we turning people against God? Hashtag. Oh boy. No God. You guys are doing
3: Satan's work. That's what I've always wanted. I'm so happy about that. So yeah, I guess the best part about the podcast is doing Satan's
0: work. There's a pull quote for you. Yeah. So, I pulled up your iTunes reviews just to get a feel for what it is that your fans love about your show. (laughs) All all Alright. Well, let me read this one to you. You tell me if this is you. Moist. Five-star review. That wasn't me. That That Matthew gives me dirty dreams at night.
1: That was not me either. (laughs) That wasn't (laughs) Was that
3: was that you? No, okay. My girlfriend's on the side too, so I was pointing at her to see if that was her
0: it it wasn't. Wow. I would love to know who that is. I don't want to know who that is.
2: Do you think it's your mom?
3: No. I, just, I just like making that really uncomfortable. Weird. <laughs>
2: Tyler, has your mom ever called Matt Leather
1: Daddy is the real question. She actually had questions when that first episode came out. <laughs> oh man, my dad listened to it and he stopped when I made fun of the blind on the episode zero. No, the deaf, I made fun of the deaf. And he's like, you can't do this. Can't I'm not supporting this. I agree, you can't do that, but at the same time. It's funny because they will never hear it. That's, that's
3: not funny, that's not funny. <laughs> but it's not funny but (laughs) it's a little funny it's okay It's the irony is funny (laughs) the irony is funny the actual deafness see I gotta rain him down sometimes it's good though you guys you guys have good chemistry for that I have to rain him back sometimes Uh, the best thing is like oh my favorite thing because I do the editing and I'll edit out stuff that I say that's horrible but I will never
1: edit him. I've been edited once, and I think it's the worst thing you ever said on a podcast. I don't even remember what it was. I, I edited it from my brain. It's a little <laughs> don't want to discuss it on
3: this podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just for the listeners, like, what's your favorite episode for, for the, you know, if they want to go check out the show, what episode would you recommend they listen to? Fuck.
3: Which was the one? Ah, oh, was the one that we were a little drunk? Okay, so people think we, we were, were drunk when we record? We're never drunk. I was drunk maybe once. Yeah, you had like one too many Boston loggers. Yeah. We're trying to get the Sam Adams uh, sponsorship (laughs) real hard.
2: (laughs) Hashtag not an ad, but hit us up.
3: Honestly, they they all kind of (laughs) blend in together with me. Like, I always remember what we talk about that aren't comics. Like, I can never remember the actual comics we talk about. Um, Although there was one when we were talking about Hyperion. Oh or, my god. Or Matt went on the Fuck worst. that guy. No, don't. No, okay, he went on the worst tirade about Hyperion number one. Like, why? It, it, it did nothing You know good. why. Okay, all it's right. It's I'm, terrible. I'm triggering him already. It's
1: literally like that book, you should be ashamed of publishing it. Okay, okay. It was so bad. Okay, okay. It's like everything. Matt, is what, was that, your, Matt what was your favorite episode? Honestly, I. <laughs> <laughs> what was the episode? I lost my patience with Bendis, and I went on a fifteen-minute tirade about how Brian Michael Bendis has. I think that was when all like of his good right, talent. We uh, I mean, were uh, so negative this
3: episode. Um, it was. Um, it was Civil I, I think War was Two. When Civil War II, The the uh, tie-in started going into Spider Man. Oh yeah, because we were loving Spider Man, and then he got
1: derailed. Yo, I still haven't read Spider Man since Civil War Two started. It's, really? Yeah, I stopped reading it. I couldn't stand it. But actually, I actually had fun. As soon as I have a this fat, bald, white guy telling me what goddamn profiling is, it's just bullshit. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Brian Bendis isn't telling you. Iron Man and Captain Marvel are telling you. Hashtag Whitesplaining. <laughs> We're
1: both white. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you got
3: uh, me the, the
0: movie shows we've done
1: have been fun. Uh, it's better when we're in person Because we're in Skype We don't have like The you can, same yeah, chemistry Because we're both exhausted You can tell Like if we ever Skype a show You can tell like
3: Oh we're kind of Literally phoning it in At that point <laughs> um, oh, I We're phoning it in It's 2016 bud Yeah yeah exactly Exactly um, Yeah so when we're in person It's better I, I, I couldn't even think of A specific one I think the last one we did The watery trap Watery was trap Was so <laughs> filthy trap. Uh that, that, was, was, that was the one where you went off the rail. By accident. That <laughs> yeah, was fun. I also got distracted by a cat for most of it. So trap me. means vagina. It, it didn't
0: doesn't. It didn't. <laughs> it, did. it didn't. It
2: didn't, and then it did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let, me, let me read one more <laughs> of these reviews, because this one's fascinating. This is by Gold Labradorian. <laughs> and the comment Off to a is good start. yeah. The comment is love the show. I pant in excitement for every new episode. I never know what to expect from the whimsical Matt. If I were an actual dog, I'd get down in the mud pit with these hosts. What a fun show! <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I remember Matt posting, Okay, that. you know the
0: story. I know the story. Was it actually a dog? So it was one of my
1: coworkers <laughs> and the joke at the time was I was talking to a girl. Oh no. And uh her ex-boyfriend had sex with a dog. Whoa. Okay. So uh that's where that story came from. Yeah, we were always talking about Matt's sloppy dog seconds. Oh
3: god.
2: <laughs> oh that's so rough. <laughs>
3: Did you say it's so rough,
1: if so
2: no. <laughs> I did
1: Oh god.
2: That was not intentional.
1: <laughs> this is not the episode you guys expected. I'm
0: sorry. I, I had an impression in my brain that this episode would go further than any of our prior ones. It's already eclipsed my expectations. This guy. (laughs) Sorry.
2: I I think we're we're just about halfway to what I thought we'd get. I think we still got some room. (laughs) Um, Just wait
0: until you hear what I read this week. Speaking of what you've been reading this week, uh, why don't we jump right into that and uh, just kind of talk about what books we were able to read. Uh, Matt, since you brought it up, why don't you go first? So earlier this week, I spent maybe
1: seven hours reading 13 volumes of Nozoki Anna, which is a manga that translates to the peephole. (laughs) Uh, This guy, and he notices crack in his wall and he looks in and his neighbors masturbating. So he goes to confront her and be like, hey, like, I just want to let you know. And she slams the door on him and he like blocks the door and then he falls on top of her. She takes a picture of him. And blackmails him and is like, so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you get to peep, but Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I get to peep. And what I thought was what? just going to be your average romance manga turned out to be the most graphic, possibly hentai manga I've ever read. <laughs> like, you, were, everything was all, like, blanked out. Like, you could yeah. see boobs, you could see, like, everything... But genitals,
0: and I've been okay. saving that all week. Okay, for this podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, and but also, what the hell compelled you to read this? Um.
1: So what happened I have was
0: so many questions.
1: I was kind of bored, and I was like, "I." <laughs> uh, so I'm really. I've been reading a lot of Milo Manara, and I was like. What's like Milo Monera and I played the Wikipedia game, and I got to a list of adult comics, and I was Dude, like, "Adult comics?
3: You, why? Why is the way you read by playing the Wikipedia game? <laughs> like, I can go from easily from like like Teen Titans to mind playing the video the, the Wikipedia game.
1: Oh, that's how I go. It's bad. That is not a good way of."
3: It. <laughs> Yeah, and it I read uh Hal Jordan and the Green
1: Lantern Corps. Wow, that's totally normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I read normal yeah. books too. I read Swamp Thing by Scott Snyder. That was good. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Not as good as Nozokiana, but I mean, it was good. I think I think my
2: favorite part of that story is that you started it with, I spent seven hours. Because I can like, understand reading <laughs> some of that book, but the fact that you're like, nah, I'm dedicating seven solid hours to getting through this.
1: It was in two days. So I was up till three in the morning for two days. I waited till everyone was asleep when I started reading it. I and I read lie. all 13 volumes. <laughs> And it was awesome. In the end, they fell in love and it was kind of a weird journey, but we got there.
4: It's kind of it's cute.
3: Yeah, mind, I'm like mind blown
1: right now. You told me you were reading manga and I was like, I don't
3: really like manga. I'm going to just ignore that text. Uh, did not know it
1: was that. Yeah. I've been saving it. been saving it for this very podcast. I was like, wait till they know what I was reading. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well,
3: we can get Matt angry and just talk about uh, how we read Death of X number three. <laughs> oh no, it's number four. Number
0: four. That was garbage. Go ahead, talk about it. Well, did you, did you guys read it? I don't want to spoil it. I did not, but feel free. no.
3: I yeah. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I
3: mean, I guess they should finally show a Cyclops died. Like we know he's been dead for like a year now, right. uh, and he kind of goes out like a chump. <laughs> he
1: he uh, died from a disease on a table. Yeah, and it drove Emma Frost crazy. So she made a hallucination of him just throughout all of the world and like fighting people and everything. So she's a villain now. After she was always no, she wasn't for ten years. She was a loyal X Men, and now she's not. Is that your main problem with the book? It it was just really bad. I I actually
3: liked it because it made me mad. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: right. Like it's better to make you feel something than. It was like reading Flashpoint, but worse.
3: <laughs> Flashpoint gave us Deathstroke Pirate. So
1: <laughs> unless it's a Bud Pirate, I'm not about it. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> so quick question. So what what time frame does Death of X take take place in? We've no idea. I think it's a, it's a year ago. Or at least okay. it's a year.
3: So, it's between Secret Wars and what happened after Secret Wars. Like, like when, we, when we relaunched right. after Secret Wars, it's in that middle ground right there.
0: Okay. So, that means that it, it's, they're not retconning the fact that Cyclops killed Professor X and all that good stuff. That's all.
3: Okay. It, it's, it's mostly, like, it, like since the end of Secret Wars, where we have realized that, you know, Scott Summers is dead and that they're finally explaining why.
0: Okay. Well, that sucks. Uh, I'm a huge Cyclops fan. I like where they were going with the character, and I feel that kind of killing him off is saying, you know, it it kind of uh, assuaging all of the people who have been angry at Cyclops for all these years.
3: Yeah, I can can feel that. Yeah. And I think, like, I would have liked him to become more Magneto-esque, because I feel like that's where his his arc was going, especially, like, Wolverine was becoming Professor
1: X. And then that, that kind of derailed, I feel. At least they're both dead now, am I right, guys? Nothing better than watching <laughs> your favorite characters die and stay dead for years. It's, love it. I love that's great. comics. They'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They'll be fun. <laughs> They'll be fun. Did you guys read um, anything else this week? Uh, what, um, I read a lot. But I read a lot of really, DC, strangely. I started the new Jeff Lemire, Scott Snyder book, AD After Death. Oh, How is that? It's literally prose. It's literally Scott Snyder writing a book, but there's Jeff Lemire in the background. That's kind of cool. Is it like cool or is it? I mean it's interesting. If you've read his um, his short story collection, the Voodoo Heart," it's yeah. a lot like that, which is really good. but the half prose half comic thing, I I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Is mm-hmm. it a single issue? or it's three different volumes of it. so or are they books they are like like floppies, like, floppies? They're shoes. floppies. It's kind of like a European, like,
2: mm, style. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. That's an interesting idea. Um, I, I'm like, I'm, I like when someone tries to do something, like, different with the medium like that, but if it doesn't work,
1: it doesn't work. I'd wait till the hardcover comes out, because you know it will. Yeah. What's it called? AD, AD After Death. It's basically what happens after death is cured. Yeah, yeah interesting. It's very and
3: Snyder. Jeff Lemire drawings in it. Jeff Lemire's so good. I do like Jeff yeah. Um I've been reading stuff, but like I've been mostly consumed by Pokemon. Holler! <laughs> uh, I've been trying to, to do that. So. What did you say, Sean? I thought Tyler wasn't done. Oh, no, I was just uh, reminiscing about Pokemon, and now I have the Pokemon Center theme song stuck in my head.
2: Dude, I love the the remixed version they've done for
3: Sun and Moon. Yeah, you know when you play <laughs> like, too much, and like you actually start hearing it when you're not playing? Oh yeah, it's, it's like Absolutely. that's the only game that that does that. Like that does that to me, and it's it's scary but also heartwarming. It's
2: just good melodies, man. I, uh, I I think I forget the name of the the guy who's the the lead director of the music. It's going to kill me right now, but uh, he's he's a really talented composer. Yeah,
3: I'm liking the game so far. It's real good. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, all right, well, I guess I'll go next. Um, so I, yeah, I was finally able to pull myself away from Pokemon and Dishonored two this week and, and get some reading done. Uh, so I read, I finally read Snot Girl, which I picked up all three of the issues that were out, um, at Comic-Con and like finally sat down and read them last night. And I'm so into it. Um, it's, I was like talking about it a little bit with Marco before we started up the show and, uh, I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but it's definitely not what I was expecting, uh, in like the best way. Um, definitely feels like a, like a Brian Lee O'Malley book, but, um, it's just, uh, it's got like aspects of it like aesthetically and stuff that really remind me of scott pilgrim but i like that it feels really fresh and um the twist at the end of the first issue is just like really opens the story up in an interesting mm-hmm.
4: way
2: um and like the fourth one just came out on wednesday so i'm gonna i gotta go grab that after the show and, and right you were know, there so.
1: last night and nothing really happens but the end has another twist so <laughs> uh, okay oh, what's the article cool. i think it's leslie hung yeah, I would have felt really bad. She's phenomenal.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I'd, like, never heard of her before this. And, like, this is – her work is awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Yes,
2: yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the fourth book um, – or fourth issue, rather. And uh, it's funny, man. I'm definitely a person who likes to defend comics where things don't happen. Like, if it's well written, like, that's totally fine with me. <laughs> exactly. Like, I love the low points of The Walking Dead sometimes better than, like, the high points when it's just, like, we're just walking around running errands and having conversations. I'm like, yes, this is great. <laughs> so, I'm sure I'll look, I'll enjoy that. Um, and then I also finally caught up on Saga. I was a couple issues behind. I hadn't, like, read the stuff they did in 2016 yet. So, I caught up on that. And uh, no spoilers, but uh, a favorite character of mine died. So I was, like, very, very upset about that. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's another book that, like, just continues to uh, interest me. You know, I think Matt and I were actually on a podcast about it once before. And um, I think, like, it's got a pretty significant lull in the middle of it. But I really have been interested in where it's been going for the last, like, six or seven issues.
3: Yeah, and every single new character design is crazy, and I love it.
1: Yeah, oh my god. Fiona Staples is just so unbelievably talented. Ooh, wait, she is a So Sex Criminals is coming back and you know how they do their Triple-X covers. The next yeah. one's a Fiona Staples Triple-X cover. Nice. I'm literally <laughs> only picking it up just for that. Leave it to Matt. Oh,
2: that's so exciting. I I love her, man. I um, you know, it's like I love Saga. I would love to see her. I wish she had more time. I'd love to see her work on other books, but you know, I would never ever want to see her you know walk away from saga obviously until it's done
4: her stuff on archie was pretty good like the first like two three issues that she did on archie they were really cool the way she redesigned all the characters uh made them all like seem fresh that was really good if you you like her art definitely and the story is awesome right now
3: she's done some uh variants for marvel lately too Uh, she did another one she did an awesome uh miles morales ultimate spider-man one uh so yeah she's doing some cool variants at least
2: yeah, good for her man. I mean I'm I'm such a fan of hers. I think like her and Brian really work well together. So, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. I think uh what did 39 just come out or is is 40 out now? Cuz I ju- I'm up to 39 now. I
3: think 40 is out yet.
1: We
2: haven't hit 40 yet. I feel
3: like I would have remembered 40.
1: Okay. I, I honestly I I couldn't even tell you what happened in the last issue I would read. It's really? one of those books that like I I'm slowly falling off of like I'm all about the hype train for it, but I don't remember anything. But then when I tell you you to read it, you're like, okay, I I really like this book still. Well, last month was like the first month where I was like, all right, I like this again. Yeah.
2: I definitely think it's a a book that's good to read in like a few issues at a time, you know, like as opposed to the single to single, because I've definitely found that where, like I said, like I didn't read anything that came out in this whole year, you know, just because I was up to what felt like a really good stopping point and then like kind of, just sat back into it last night and was like, "Okay, cool. This feels like another kind of complete arc, almost." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it for me, though. So, Marco, what about you?
4: Um, I've just been finishing up Sandman, finally. Um, so I just finished up the the Kindly Ones, Volume Nine, and that's really cool. Maybe kind of like reflective and stuff, as game intends to do. And I'm just wrapping up the tenth the tenth volume. The art kind of threw me off for volume 9 just because it wasn't the, the previous volume had been um, they were like an, in like a tavern and they were just telling stories and stuff and that, that was cool but the art transitioned to what it, what it became I think the artist Mike Hempel and uh, seemed a little bit more um, not basic but a lot of the figures are just more like jagged and the the inking was a lot darker and so, and it still worked well. and. I remember I sent you guys like in the, in the group message like this one character dies and Gaiman has a tendency to just like be pensive and on one of them, the a character dies and you know, in most comics, a character dies, it takes like a panel or two and he's just, like, blah and he's like and he says a final word but this guy dies and he goes on this whole monologue for like the entire rest of the page reflecting on death and his memories and experiences. And for some reason that hit me, and I'm like, I copied it and I sent it to these guys over here in the group chat we got. Um, and there was another one where the art just sort of helps drive the the dying feeling because you know you can always see somebody dying, like oh okay, like they're dead. But there's this one, there's these two pages where at one panel the one of the characters he's drawn very brightly, and then the moment you turn the page and like after he after he, this character dies. All of a sudden like all the color gets drained and it just it was really jarring and it is very just cool signaling like their death and that's all I've been reading
3: I haven't finished Sandman I have the whole collection in those giant tomes that they have mm. um I've been trying to get Matt to do it uh but like what I've read of Sandman's been great I mean there was like the it's early on but there's like the Doctor Doctor Destiny story yeah, yeah, that is—it's awesome. It's super
1: dark, and I, like it's right down your alley. And was trying to force you to read it. I—I I have the first volume, but it's signed by Neil Gaiman, and I don't want to—I don't want to mess it up. Oh yeah, yeah. And one time where I missed it. Oh yeah, you had to go to work.
3: Yeah, I waited in line for like <clears throat> five hours and just missed it by half hour. That's the worst. Oh, oh that is the yeah. worst. Yeah, yeah I got—I got, I got an issue one signed though, so at least that. Worked out i guess
2: yeah i'm in i'm in the same boat as you actually Tyler where I think i've only read that first art that you were talking about marco where they're in the the, the diner um yeah I, I never got to the part where they or the point where they changed artists i didn't even know that happened
4: <laughs> <laughs> they change artists a lot they go through and they're all really good artists um my favorite's kelly Jones just because of like his big like thick inks yeah and so the, he works
0: really well with um uh, just working
4: with gaming and stuff so i i really like it
0: That's cool. I still have to get to uh, Sandman myself. I I actually have one of those big tomes as well, and I've opened it, like, one time. First of all,
3: they're huge. Like, that is a blood weapon.
2: (laughs) I was gonna say, it's, like, a very uh, intimidating kind of read, I think, because it's, like, it is so long, and it's, like, a classic and all this stuff. And, you know, it's like, I feel like you sit down to read that and you're like, this is an undertaking. Like I got to be prepared for
3: this format. I have it in it with that, that giant book. It's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta clear off a table to set this one down on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A lap read. It's funny, man. That's like, honestly why I prefer
2: reading digital comics. Like I, I, find it so much more, um, just convenient, you know, to like thumb through something. Like I, I go and download, uh, copies of everything that I buy. Like I go to the store every week and like, don't touch my books. I don't want to fuck them up.
0: <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, just man, there's something about getting that buying, going and buying those comics and coming home and opening them up. Like I don't know. I just digital can't touch that for me. The smell, yeah. I was gonna say that, but I don't want like the community weird. too. Like like when
3: we walk into our comic yeah. shop, like we know the people there and it's someone to talk to. And like, hey, mm-hmm. what would you read this week? Should I read that? Oh, definitely don't read that. Thank you for saving me money.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man. And it's, you know, like I love that whole aspect of it. I, you know, I still go to my local shop, like I said, every, or not every week, but, you know, a couple times a month and, um, and pick up my books and everything. But I've found that, like, The more I got into comics and the more I cared about like collecting them, you know, and like having a complete run of a book that I like and things like that. I find that I get like so anxious about just holding them because I'm like, I can feel my hands like sweating on them and shit, you know, and it's like I have like good issues of comics that I've ruined by just touching them, you know, and it's like,
1: I don't know. It's, I've gotten like very like OCD about it. <laughs> I ruined the whole thing of Batman like the last arc. What did you also ruin? Oh, I ruined it. <laughs> now, we're not going there. No, he ruined. No, so there. He, he
3: was going to give me. Uh, he had two issue, issue ones of
1: saga. Oh, then I, I thought you were talking about something else. Oh, oh no. okay. okay. Oh. No, I was talking about. I want to know what your your thought. Your oh, thought no! <laughs> no, he got two issue
3: uh, issue ones of saga signed by Brian K Vaughn. Uh, And then uh, totally
1: got one soaked. My brother didn't know how to flush a toilet (laughs) and he flooded my room with shit water. Wait, so it wasn't even just normal water? No, it was shit.
3: It was just dookie water? It was dookie water all over my floor. That's awful.
1: And the potential saga number one. I mean, it's still there. It's still readable. So, I mean, if someone wants dookie water, saga number one, sign. I don't think it's readable if there's shit on it. I mean, it's, it's, there's a niche market out there. Okay, oh, true, true The, the Scout um, Comics crew. <laughs> wait, guys, can we pause for one second while I pee? I yeah. gotta go so bad. Just yeah, I, what what, I give you the catheter.
4: Oh, God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta leave that in, Marco
4: I, I am, I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add like a little transition. Oh, my God. You good?
3: Yeah. You feel like a new man? I feel so much better. <laughs> You'll stop complaining about uh, Brian Michael Bendis now that you took a piss. Oh yeah, that's all it took. Oh god, just just one pee and it, 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 you
1: flushed away Brian Michael Bendis. I flushed away all my aggravations toward that man.
0: <laughs> all right, so I'm just gonna jump ahead then to well. I'm not going to because it's not my question, but Pete, why don't you just jump into the random question of the week? Sure.
2: Uh, You don't have anything to talk about? Uh, no. Uh, Can somebody like set me up for it so I can do the thing and Marco can put in the bite?
4: Set you up for what? (laughs) This dick. (laughs) 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 So I guess that means it's time for the
3: random question of the week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed it is. (laughs)
2: so uh this week it's my turn to bring the question to the table and uh in honor of having matt and tyler here i thought we'd do something fun um and i wanted to ask you guys who is your comic book waifu (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) oh boy you guys can start
2: you're our guests so
3: uh how about we can we try and guess each other's yeah. Wait fine. guys, I forgot the definition of waifu. Oh, hold on, don't worry,
2: I have the Urban Dictionary definition okay. handy. No. Okay, because okay. I,
3: I know the feeling of waifu, I don't know the exact definition of it.
2: So according to Urban Dictionary, a waifu is a term coined by otaku and weeaboo alike for their 2D significant others, predominantly anime and video game characters. A waifu in contrast to a harem is the love between one man and his one and only waifu. You treat your waifu with the utmost respect and courtesy and most refuse to even fap to their beloved, seeing the act as an insult to the non-existent woman they have committed themselves to. Uh, spin term would be husbando if you uh w- want to choose a male character. Yeah. So uh, it could be could be husbandos. I'm not going to I'm going to say
3: sorry to my girlfriend who's <laughs> sitting right next to me. <coughs> Can I Oh man, what's oh Matt you go. Alright. Because I
1: feel like you know. I feel like we discussed this before, <laughs> but um, not not me. Oh no, we did it in the in the nerd league interview. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> my uh my combo waifu is She Hulk. Oh, so like yeah. I can't want, explain it. I think but I she's didn't just watch. so
3: You just want someone to squeeze your head just with her thighs. so
1: large and muscular and, like it's so different than what I'm used to. She's like seven feet tall and ripped. Like. I have further
3: knowledge about this. So Matt, I, I don't know if you were drunk or not but he wants someone. He just wanted some Amazonian woman to sit on him. No, what was it? Was, it? I think to get heels and step on my balls? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, so I guess She-Hulk would be the perfect
1: one for that. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, That's a great answer.
3: She's also a
2: lawyer. Like, she's got a good
3: job. She's got money.
1: <laughs> she's also a freak, which is
3: benefits. There <laughs> you go, man. Hold my girlfriend thinks she knows. What, what is it? Well, it's not a comic book, but definitely what?
0: Belle. Belle <laughs> oh,
3: Belle from Beauty and the Beast. That's not a comic <laughs> book, but that would totally be it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the bookish type, Tyler? Uh, I like the bookish uh, French type, I guess. Uh, I like, I like the, I like people who are in the bestiality. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That.
0: Oh, fuck. I, I have a question. I have a question. It, it's total segue. Does Belle have an accent in Beauty and the Beast, the animated film? No, no she no. doesn't. Nobody does. Oh, well, actually, no. Some people
3: do.
2: So, Tyler, do you have a comic book answer or do you want to stick with
3: Belle? Oh, I, but, like, I really do love Beauty and the Beast. So like, I cry every time I watch the movie. Um, <laughs> but a comic book answer, uh okay comic books adjacent and this actually ties into the show a lot um but bev from howard the duck specifically uh leah
1: thompson's portrayal oh of my god the leah movie. thompson oh, audible groaning good groaning oh good and bad <laughs> why bad you don't good, want to because that movie
3: is hard to sit through but also phenomenal all right marco you want to go
4: oh uh mine's easy what is it is it one thing it's not it's it's something related it's uh abby arcane oh that white hair Mm -hmm. white
1: White hair hair always makes me weak i get you (laughs) right perfect question for matt (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's probably gonna come with my answer too (laughs) all right sean
0: all right so mine should be obvious to anyone who knows me it's gene gray uh the torch that burns inside of me for Jean Grey will never end it will never burn out Uh, I've loved Jean Grey since I was a wee lad and uh, I don't know what it is man but she's just amazing in every way because she's a redhead she is a redhead yes and I don't know I think that probably plays a role in it but it's so much more than that Marco well I mean she had
3: like Dark Phoenix saga is one of the best stories of all time
0: (laughs) absolutely uh, and the more praise you heap onto Jean Grey-related uh, topics, the more I will like you. So continue. Well,
1: I take all of my dating
0: inspirations
1: from Jean Grey. Like, for a while, I only dated redheads. And then for a while, yeah, yeah. I only dated mentally insane women. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> That's she's true. not mentally
3: insane. He introduced me to a girl fresh from your College who, instead of saying hi to me, saw a group of pigeons, screamed pigeons, and chased after the pigeons
2: sounds like a Jean gray type <laughs>
0: <laughs> Had a type. <laughs> it's not meant to be but uh, you know in my dreams I mean not really because my girlfriend listens to this show but... exactly good 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 catch
2: Pete. Uh, so for me um, I my answer is probably gonna have to be Adam E from Invincible. Um, she gives me the the redhead thing which is something I've always been a fan of since the days of Mary Jane.
3: What's that? Isn't that like a comics
1: thing? Like, I feel like there's so many redheads oh, in comics. Oh, it's a yeah, Jack absolutely. Kirby thing. It's, oh, it's a, it's it's a, a proven fact. It's like a Jack, Jack Kirby thing. Jack yeah. Kirby drew most of the women as redheads because he had a thing specifically for redheads.
2: Hey, man, I'm I'm with him. I mean, it's only probably because of him that that's a thing. But whatever, I'll take it for what it is. Um, and I I just really liked her because I she's like probably my favorite um, significant other than any like title superheroes ever had because she's like independent. And, like, kind of, like, self-possessed and, like, together, you know? So it's, like, I just, like, I like her a lot as a character, um, you know, and not just, like, a sex symbol or something like that. Um, So on the polar opposite of that answer, though, I'm going to have to give an honorable mention to Felicia Hardy, the black cat, because white hair. (laughs) And she's she's my favorite femme fatale of all time. (laughs) Ooh, femme
1: fatale.
3: Didn't you dress up as a cat once?
1: I did dress up in a cat costume once. That was weird. Uh, wait, what's, the, what's the context there? To get laid, Sean. Obviously. I don't remember. I had a cat costume when I was in grade school, and then I brought it to co- high school. The same costume? I think. I would, I would only hope. Yeah. But I then dressed up as a cat again, I think in college, but I don't remember why. Are you a cat man? I don't know. I also... I'm trying to remember all the times I've dressed in drag. <laughs> it's been four times, but I don't remember the context of the first or the third one. The most recent one was Harley Quinn. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I forgot about
3: that. That was so funny. Please please, forget about it again. It's
2: <laughs> no, I'm totally going I'm to totally put a picture of that on the, the YouTube version of this. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to make that the picture of the week in the
4: bottom. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be the thumbnail picture. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh uh, Yes. All of those views. You're gonna get zero views now because we're really gonna be disgusting at your thumbnail. <laughs> like, what should I watch here? Oh, not that. <laughs> or it might, it might get a niche group of people, actually. I really think Matt, it will. Matt has his fans. Uh,
1: CNN did some.
3: <laughs> was that confirmed?
1: Uh, no, it's fake. Okay. Right. You guys hear about that? The CNN porn? No. no. What? Uh, CNN apparently played... Uh, Trans porn for a half hour in Boston on Thanksgiving. <laughs> is, that, is that true? Uh, we don't know, but we know that the trans porn star thanks CNN personally on Twitter. That's all that really matters.
3: We're breaking down boundaries over there. And at, at least there's a
0: headline that exists of that, yeah. even if it's fake Facebook news. I need to know if that's real. So I think we're going to move on to the news. Uh, we've only got one piece of news because it's a massive piece. And uh, I think it's, it's going to take up quite a bit of time. So uh, this is a piece of news that uh, is coming from Variety. Uh, Kevin Feige recently did an interview with them. And um, <clears throat> they asked him uh, this, this question. Fox controls the film rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Could you partner with them on a movie as you did with Sony? And his reply was, it's, imp- it's an impossibility at this juncture. We certainly have enough films to keep us busy for a number of lifetimes. So essentially right there, plain as day, we're hearing from the man himself that as of right now, there will not be a collaboration between Marvel and Fox. And I think everyone who's been following this sort of unraveling story knows how big of a deal this is because there's there's been rumors for years about... A Bad relationship between these two companies and how Marvel has been pulling the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four comics just uh, wrapped up uh, with Secret Wars kind of sending off the Fantastic Four uh, and now with Death of X and the X-Men kind of being marginalized in the comic books. It kind of this this kind of brings validity to all of those sort of conspiracy theories that have that have been uh, talked about over the years. So, what do you guys feel about this?
4: Do you think that they would actually let that happen just because Disney can't profit off of of like the X Men or Fantastic Four that they would in turn take away the Fantastic Four and the X Men or like you are saying that they're starting to marginalize the X Men and the Fantastic Four were sent off. Do you think that they would really affect that because? the comics come first before the movies. That's where the source material is going to come from ultimately. So, would that not just... Actually, no wait Nothing about it. That would just maybe like put a damper on what material they can pull and they might have to pull like stories out of. Oh, yeah.
2: I think that's the mentality. is Yeah. Like they don't want to put the best writers or artists on those books because if they create a really great iconic storyline or something like that, they don't own it, you know? Or like they don't own it in the place where it's going to really make them money.
4: Right. I rescind. I rescind my thought.
3: <laughs> well, you, you worked through it. You worked it out. There, that was great. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I. It's weird because like Marvel just announced like six new X Men books. Yeah, Um yeah. So like at that like once they did that, I'm like, oh, maybe this means something, and apparently, it means nothing.
1: Um, but I, I also disagree because uh one of the things that happened way before the X Men were put on hold was the Fantastic Four. Even the toys weren't being made anymore. But if you look at San Diego Comic-Con, Hasbro's making an Invisible Woman toy. And they put up the copyright for Invisible Woman. So I don't think we'll get the Fantastic Four back in the traditional sense. And I don't just think it's because of the movies. I think they just don't sell anymore. It's not the traditional family. It just doesn't work. And they need to find a way that it it can work again. And it's just not working. So they're putting it on hold while they figure out every other thing. And with the movies, I mean, they built the whole universe. The Inhumans took over the X-Men sort of position in the marginalized species. I feel like that's going away now. It's going away, but it's also still there. You don't need the X-Men. Whereas I I feel like Fox. I think you do, though. Like it's the X-Men.
3: I mean, like, it's, like, yeah, like when when Deadpool came out, what did Marvel Comics do? They came out with four new Deadpool books. I'd rather try like, I think them. I think they have a, they have an opportunity where like, yeah, it's not their movie, but they can still sell the books now. And I think, um, I think to Matt's
2: earlier point, I think the reason that like we are still seeing new X Men books come out or Deadpool for that matter is because like those characters are popular. Like people do really care about the X Men and about Deadpool. And I, um, not to say that, like, people don't care about the Fantastic Four, but, like, Matt's right. Like, Fantastic Four didn't sell. So I think it's a way easier move for them to be like, fuck it, we'll end the book, than to, like, try to revitalize something that they don't even really have a skin in the game for anymore. Whereas, like, if they can, in turn, uh, you know, put out good Deadpool or X-Men books after a movie comes out and see their sales spike, that makes sense for them to do that. And we don't even have good Fantastic Four movies either. So there's, like, nothing to, like, push interest in those characters other than them.
3: Yeah, I think after Hickman,
1: like, I don't think any... No, Fraction. Abided. Fraction's Fraction. run. Of FF? Hickman was, Hickman was oh, the last yeah. one, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? No, it was Hickman, was it? then it was Fraction, and, I mean, and then it Robinson. Well, Secret Wars was the last Fantastic Four book. That's true.
3: Which is Hickman, essentially. Um, right. I, I think, like, with Fantastic Four specifically, I think it's good to put them on the shelf for a little bit. Let them yeah. kind of stay there. And I think once somebody come up, comes up with an idea... I think that book can really work, but I still don't think it was working for a while.
2: I just wish that they would put out a movie about them or, like, a book about them that was something more akin to, like, a, a more Silver Age kind of aesthetic. You know, like, something that, like, was supposed to be, like, time-shifted or, like, supposed to feel older as opposed to trying to modernize them too much because I think they're, they're really good at that kind of, like... Like you said, that perfect family dynamic, right? You know, and... I don't know. I think, um... I definitely think there's, like, there's room to to use those characters in a way that's really interesting, but we just haven't seen it since, I guess, Fraction. But, I mean, my last, you know, time reading one of their books was Hickman's Run, which was really good, but once he left, you know, so so did the interest in that book for me. I mean,
3: the, between, like, the movie, the movie companies, like, they've even stated they've had some negotiations, like, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy recently.
2: Yeah, they're going to have um, The Living Planet. And they gave them the rights to somebody to use... Oh, it was um, the, the teenage ex-woman
1: who was in Deadpool. And then if you look at it now, you also have to look at Legion, which is a mm-hmm. Marvel Studios-produced TV show of the, mm-hmm. an X-Men character. Like, mm-hmm. Marvel's in there. It's, it's just, I don't think... See, here's my theory, is that Marvel has the rights to Fantastic Four back... But they're not working on it right Sorry, now. Sorry, I just made a face of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they got it back, like, to do all of the X-Men stuff they've been doing. They got Fantastic Four back, and they'll introduce it later on. But if you have Fantastic Four, like, why why push and get the X-Men? Because it's the X-Men. <laughs> uh, I don't think Like, I, I,
3: I just think Fox will never give it up. That's the thing. No matter how well-received the movies are, it's just this is their moneymaker. maker. And they can just keep rebooting it. They've already rebooted it, like, God knows how many times. Three times, yeah. So they can just keep doing it. And I don't think there's any reason for them to stop unless the money just stops.
2: Well, Mm, yeah. X-Men Apocalypse tanked. Yeah, that movie really didn't do well. And not even, like, in the, like, Warcraft kind of effects movie where it's like, oh, it didn't do great critically, but it made its money back. Or, like, Suicide Squad or something like that. But it was, like, it was pretty much a flop. So, I mean, I'm sure Logan will do well because people really love Wolverine. But I don't know. I, I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right, Tyler.
0: <laughs> Is it not a massive coincidence that within the same calendar year, we lost both pillars of the, of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, respectively, with Reed Richards and Cyclops both being out of the Marvel Universe for the time being?
1: Hmm. I don't think that's true. Because Reed Richards is still technically in the Marvel universe, not really. They have Ultimate Reed Richards still around as the maker in both yeah, New Avengers yeah. and Ultimates, and you have Young Cyclops as well. It's like they have their cake and they ate it
0: too. <laughs> they That's very it. true. I, I guess I guess what I mean is the the traditional role of those characters as being the faces of the groups that they represent, Re, the the makers of villain. And young Cyclops is, you know, young Cyclops and not really, you know, leading anything.
2: Also, is Logan still dead?
3: Yes. Yes. But now a time-displaced old man Logan is in the current continuity. So, again, it's another one of those things where they have the character, but it's not the character. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that they're –
2: you know, I I think that there's something to that theory, Sean. I don't know if it's like outright a one-to-one causality kind of thing, but – I definitely think it, it is weird that all three of those things happened at the same time. But,
3: but, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, the weird thing is, like, the, the current iterations of those characters we have are more akin to the movie versions. Yeah,
2: that's true, because, I mean, like, we are going to get an old man Logan movie, so it makes sense for them to have old Wolverine. Young
3: Cyclops and the and Apocalypse. And that's true. Uh, I guess maker Reed Richards is young, right?
1: Yeah. And didn't... What's his face? Fuck up his face? In?
3: Yeah, but I feel like he's almost... He would be friggin' the Josh Strength versions his age.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know that the Fantastic Four in the the Ultimate Fantastic Four when I read it, I think they're like 19 or 20 at the beginning of the book, something like that. The most recent movie. Young Reed
1: Richards is like a million years old, though, because he's time displaced. Sort of like what happened to Doctor Doom in the main universe. Man, comics are so confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god,
2: yeah. Like, if if you're uninitiated, I'm sure that just had it, like, complete.
3: But I I failed math. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's why we're
0: here. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, and it, we, we actually had a discussion about this uh, a week or two ago. Um, but I've, I really have been pining for the Fantastic Four to join the Marvel cinematic universe. I think that that addition would kind of offer us something we haven't seen before. Just with you know a, a, a true family. And kind of getting that vibe its not something that Marvel's really offering right now on the silver screen. Um, it's really sad to me that Fox and Marvel can't get it together. Especially because Fox is doing such a disservice to all of those characters. I mean, you could make very few arguments for characters who they've really gotten right on the films. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about this before. But Magneto and Professor X. Uh, Wolverine to a lesser extent. Uh, I'm sure. I'd say
2: Deadpool of, in the most recent movie is also another pretty solid representation of that yeah, character.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I think Deadpool too. But other than that, I, I really don't know who else you could really say they've done well with. Well, I
3: think like like First Class happens to be my favorite X Men movie, and they went in a completely opposite direction with it, where like I, I enjoyed how different it was, and then they slowly just merged into the old continuity,
1: which ruined it in my opinion. Well, that's because they got Brian Singer back and. Yeah. I, He's a trash man. <laughs> I don't want to call him a trash man because he did make X Two, which is my favorite X Men movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you know. I like. I just. I think his views of that world are outdated, and I think yeah. his understanding of what mutants mean is also outdated. I think we, we talked about this on a previous episode too. I think um,
2: my big issue with him and his, specifically his X Men movies, is like uh, the early ones in particular. I feel like they they feel him they feel as though they're embarrassed of their source material. You know? I feel like most comic book movies today are all about, like, trying to take something from a comic and put it on the big screen or honor it in the best way. And I feel like his movies are very much um, still kind of steeped in that, like, 90s aesthetic of, like, you know, oh, we don't want to wear goofy jumpsuits. They're all going to wear black
1: leather. But that really doesn't come from the 90s, really. It comes from mostly Grant Morrison's X-Men run. You would know leather, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) god. But, uh, if if you watch X-Men The Last Stand, most of it comes from the final arc of the Grant Morrison run where Magneto takes over, he destroys the bridge. There are scenes taken directly from the comics and adapted to film, and it's just that he, when he adapts something, he, he makes his own vision from it. And the problem with that is that his vision doesn't mesh well with what the mutants stand for. It's sort of just like, this is an action movie and this is what we're going to take from it to make it better. And it's garbage.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I like how you like analytical
3: and then just com- went the complete opposite at the end. Of the- <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's my forte. Yeah, I got to yeah. stick to it.
0: Yep. So uh, for me with, with first class, I liked it. I think it's a it's a really good movie, but I just don't feel it, it it doesn't feel like an X-Men film to me. And I guess the question would be what does an X-Men film feel like? I mean, it, it just doesn't feel like it comes from the comics. And that's that's been my core issue with the X-Men films in general, which is why you know, the last and I mean we can all agree it's a pretty bad movie. But the fact that it it sort of embraces its nature by including all these different characters with various powers and just kind of going balls to the wall, I really appreciated that. Whereas all the other X-Men movies feel really restrained and they feel afraid to go too far. I always think back, well, this scene actually is in The Last Stand, but I always think back to the scene where they fight a sentinel and the only piece of it that we see is the head. You know, that, that always bothered me and, and struck me as they're afraid to go all the way because they feel like people won't accept it.
4: Well, I would argue that uh, first class feels more so because like you said, Sean, like they took scenes from the, the book and then like it was more balls to the wall. But in first class, it was a lot more about being the outcast for like at least for the kids, for like for them joining the, the, the school for Xavier wanting to build – the school, so I would I would just disagree and say that it, it, it felt more so, and that's why it, for me too, it's it's my favorite X Men movie.
3: I think that's where we need to find like a middle ground between the two, like yeah, the craziness yeah. that X Men actually is, like you know with Magneto pulling out you know Wolverine skeleton in a comic and stuff like that, right? But also getting into the core of that these are young superheroes who feel marginalized and have been hunted down by the government because of it, yeah. I just say re- uh, yeah. redo the TV show as a movie. That's what I want. <laughs> oh man, I would love that. Yeah, man. Um, to take it back
2: to a point you made about Fantastic Four. Um, it's funny. Like I, I'm more eager to see the X Men join the the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I I care about those characters more. Like I'm a fan of Human Torch mostly through the lens of him being friends with Spider Man, and I just like the thing in general. But I've never really had much attachment to Sue or Reed. Um, but I'm more interested in their villains, honestly. Like, I want Doom. Like, I think not having Doctor Doom is the biggest flaw in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I think he's their best villain by a lot. He's personally my favorite villain, period. I think the four
1: three are, it's Red Skull, Doom, and then it's Magneto. And you got one out of the three, and then the one is time displaced by the Cosmic Cube. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's pretty beat. Like... (laughs) Like, Fantastic Four is such a cosmic thing, and so when you
3: have Guardians of the Galaxy, you lose a lot of the cosmic aspects. Like, you can't have Nihilus, you can't have Galactus, right. you can't have, like, the scrolls. Like, there's so many things that are, are tied to the Fantastic Four. And yet they still yeah. don't have the cream. Yeah, well, I don't know how we have the Kree.
4: Sorry, do, do villains count within, like, having the rights to a certain... Yes, yeah. They do? Yeah,
3: yeah and it's... it's I, I'm not
2: sure exactly how it works, because I know that there are certain... Like, uh, a good example is, um, like, with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch... Like, they can be in either the X-Men movies or the Avengers movies because of a weird way that the rights work. I think it's something to do with the, the books that they appear in. So, it's like if a character originated in the Fantastic Four, I'm pretty sure that's that means Fox has the rights to them but there are some weird loophole there because they were also in the Avengers. They, so were, like,
0: they were really, really prominent Avengers, and I think that that's where it comes in.
2: I'm still not sure why that means that those rights are okay for them to use, because yeah. like, by that logic, couldn't they use Wolverine? Because Wolverine's right. a like prominent um, Avenger, you know?
1: Like, More like, recent. They kind of took away the fact that they were mutants at all. Yeah, yeah. They to I think they weren't to allowed to
2: use that word even. Like, They're yeah. not allowed to, that's why they call them miracles instead of mutants. I hate that
3: yeah, one just call it, like, so it's so cool. called like so called them humans.
1: My special you're like, child. <laughs> you're so special.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. I don't know why they didn't just make them inhumans or just like, you know, just be like, "Oh, they have powers." Like we don't like call Captain America like, yeah, he's a super soldier, but it's like couldn't it have just been something like that? Like they're trying to replicate the super soldier serum and they accidentally made these people. Okay, cool. That's all the explanation. I they did.
3: said mutants, and then realized oh, we can't say that. Uh, what's another word?
0: Miracles. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly always thought that they were they were just holding out hope that one day they would get the rights to the X Men and could just slide them in there.
2: Oh yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like they're getting to the point where it's like it's almost too late. You know, like if they, I I don't think it's too late yet, but I think like. At this point, they could still kind of do a, an origin story for them where it's like, you know, oh, Professor X has, has been this, like, mutant forever in the hiding and, like, he's created this school that's been there. And, like, maybe the X-Men already exists and we just don't know about them. Something like that. But there's only so many more movies of, like, world building before it's going to be messy to include them, you know?
3: And they read the yeah. Civil War, which I think is one of the great cameos by the Fantastic Four. Yeah, like like, like that. True. The original Civil War book. There's a lot of reading it. There's like like the split between that family is kind of one of the core aspects of the book. And they already did Civil War,
1: so I yeah. feel like after Black yeah. Panther is the, really the cutoff point for me. Yeah, because once you introduce like Afrika, you introduce Wakanda, you introduce that whole world. Like you're you're cutting. That's all you have from there anymore. Like you don't have Storm anymore. You can't be like this goddess existed. In some other town or some other area, and no one noticed her. Once they make him young. That's that's like kind of their only out at this point. I'm tired of young Storm, though. Like, I like badass older Storm. Like, I'm tired of seeing her as a little girl. Yeah. I, I love her when she's got
2: her like crazy biker getup and a huge mohawk. That's my favorite storm. The
1: mohawk. <laughs> what? The mohawk I horrified this? some guy at my local shop this week and I was like, the mohawk is the dumbest thing ever. It worked in the eighties because it was a times like a time area and it like reflected her attitude at that time. But she's a matron now. She's like run the matriarchy of the X-Men. She needs to fucking get a real haircut. And, and, oh,
3: well. i like the way the wind blows in her mohawk i hate the mohawk also geez, I it's like so
1: long her. it touches her ass like <laughs> get a real haircut that's called awesome she wants to look like
2: skrillex Matt.
0: <laughs> all right so i think we've reached the apex of that conversation now that we've mentioned skrillex somehow um and we should give a little thanks uh so comics are always really good to us we've all been fans for many many years and each and every year comic books come out that enchant us and excite us and delight us and now we're gonna talk about some of those books and uh just you know let you guys in on some of the books that we enjoy and hopefully you guys can go out and pick them up and enjoy them yourselves so um marco why don't you start us off
4: um one comic that i am thankful for It's a recent one. It's by Alice Cott. And it was a really short image book um, called Material. And I don't know if you guys picked it up, but it was really, to me, it really pushed the boundary of what you could do with comics because at the, a lot of the times at the bottom of the the page, um, he would have an annotation and he would say, like, at this point, play this song. And so you'd read the panel while this song is playing and then he'd have maybe like he pull, he'd pull a quote from a philosopher and he'd uh allude to that philosopher in in the pages he would um include like mathematics or something and like all right read this read this read this and then come back to this page and then you could you'll have a better understanding of what i'm trying to say here um it was a really really trippy book uh i really recommend it and for me, it was really just really intelligent, and I, I enjoyed that. It, it, It's one of those books that I'm glad got published because it, it got it eventually it eventually got canceled, it's only four issues, um, just because it didn't sell. And you know, obviously, because it's, it was too artsy, I guess. Um, and I'm just glad that I got to read it because it, it helped me realize that, like, what else you could do with the medium, like, you don't have to just tell a story, you can also include. Other things from, I don't want to say the real world, but you can include more, I guess, things that are solid here.
2: You mean like mul- like multimedia? You, know, like you can kind of make it more interactive and grounded?
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of stuff. And so, yeah.
1: I have it on my desk. I read the first issue and I really liked it. Alice a good. He's good. It's really upsetting he that he got blacklisted. Yeah, he even said it the other day on Twitter. He's like, it's like all these people. I can't work for these companies anymore. He's an but, opinionated guy. Uh, he's he's made a lot of comments through the years and in, like interviews and on social media, and like he got blacklisted by a lot of major companies for his views.
3: Oh, uh, but did he do uh, Secret Avengers? He did do Secret Avengers. Yeah, if you want to read like uh, like him doing a mainstream Marvel book, Secret Avengers is super trippy. Like I guess like how you mentioned, uh, that's by him um and uh
1: zero really good book by image he's yeah, another yeah, one i mean to read that yeah. just like it's like a short graphic novel i think it's called wild things or i think it's called wild things and it does the same thing that it does in material where it references stuff at the bottom like go read grant morrison's visibles go read oh. nietzsche's something like he mm-hmm. I, I like that about him he constantly wants to educate his readers
4: yeah, he does, yeah. That's cool. You got anything else, Marco?
1: No shout-outs to Swamp
4: Thing? All right, fine. I will. So, I work on another podcast, Parlopod. You guys can check us out at parlopod.com. And we recently interviewed Simon Oliver. He he writes, uh, he's writing the new Hellblazer. And he revealed that he's using Swamp Thing in his current run, in this this current arc. And he has to get rid of Swamp Thing by like a certain issue. Because he's been told that um, they need him for something in the DC universe. so
1: well, I know he's going to so, be in Superman Annual next week. Oh,
3: really? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah he is. Yeah,
4: yeah. I love Swanling as a character.
3: He's my favorite. I also like best. Man-Thing, which is the Marvel version. Because he, Mar- he, he led he's a book weird. called Giant Size Man-Thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Alright, I guess I'll go next. Thank you, Marco. Um, oh, by the way, what was that the name of the book you were talking about? By oh,
4: material, Cohen? it's really good. It actually has this one section in the middle because he comments on a lot of stuff. And one of the one of the things he actually comments on is um the like a, a new Black Panther movement and the prison system in Chicago, I believe, where they're allowed to detain you indefinitely for like with without needing any kind of charges. And like he he links like actual articles that you can go and read like a j- j- journalist that have actually like gone in and tried to figure out what's going on in here um, and on each one, in each page within that, th- those like the three or four pages where he shows like that new Black Panther movement he at the bottom he lists uh, names of uh, victims of police like brutality and police shootings really really cool book, like I really love it
2: cool, yeah I'm definitely going to have to check that out it's a shame it got cancelled
0: yeah uh, so at the top of the list of comics that I'm thankful for is another book that got canceled, uh, called the violent. Um, most people probably, I bought that the other day. You it's everybody. also on my reading it's, to read list. It's so good. I'm actually really surprised you guys have heard of it. It, it I it got some buzz when it first came out, but that kind of died. Um, it's by Ed Brisson, Adam Gorham and Michael Garland they are incredible creators and what they put together is a book that uh is very reminiscent of breaking bad or the tone of the sopranos i guess you could say just very gritty and and dark but very also very human um and it just tells an extremely personal story about a guy who is willing to do anything to keep his family together Uh, while faced with poverty and, you know, problems at home and different kinds of things and, um, just kind of his journey and his family's journey. And it's, it's a really dark book. There's not a lot of positivity in it at all, but, uh, it got canceled way before it's time, uh, which was really sad because it's a high quality book and not the kind of book that you see too much of because it was never at any point afraid to go all the way, I guess. And um, I'm really excited to see what these guys do next. And hopefully, if if we're lucky, the violent does get picked back up, or they find a way to continue the story somehow. But uh, if you've never heard of it, definitely do yourself a favor and check it out because it's really amazing. I know Ed
1: Brisson, uh, Chris Sabella, and I think it's Ryan Ferreira's last name. They created their own imprint recently. And their goal is to oh. put out, uh, like, their own creative-owned books. And I know the Violent Volume 2 is something they're going to be looking to Kickstarter in the future. Awesome. Uh, yeah, such great crazy. knowledge about everything. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're has you boots on the ground, man. Exactly. <laughs> got to keep my comics journalism. I don't report it, but I learn it. <laughs> you internalize it.
0: <laughs> I've got a couple more that I'll breeze through. Uh, Tokyo Ghost, I've talked about it. I've talked about it a bunch on the show. Just a big fan of everything Rick Remender does. It's coming back. He announced it. <laughs> uh, really? issue yeah. 13, 2017. Yeah, uh, oh, uh, that he cool. cool. Matt, you're just you're just uh, making me happy all all, all throughout this. I- I'm loving it, man. <laughs> I'm thankful for Matt. <laughs> Likewise. Uh so Tokyo Ghost Deadly Class is another book that uh, I've I've been loving. Um, Actually, in fact, I got quoted on the back of one of the uh, graphic novel releases, uh, just praising the book. So uh, actually, Matt was the person who informed me that I was quoted. So thank you for that, Matt. Um, You're just an informant.
1: uh, Well, (laughs) maybe not an informant,
0: but... (laughs) Right after that, I actually
1: interviewed Recommender, and I pissed him off. Yeah. (laughs) How'd you piss them off? I uh what did I say? I you I mentioned like everyone having daddy issues or something. No, I was like, why do all your male characters uh, have inherent narcissism issues? And what do you say? I mean that's kinda eluding, of like, and, why are you a narcissist? And uh he was like, That's not true, like I don't think maybe oh wait, why do you think that? And then I explained <laughs> it. And he was not yeah, I also mentioned the Kardashians and he was not happy. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Way to piss off my favorite creator. Yes, it's my, <laughs> actually one of my favorites. <laughs> it's my goal. Wait, Sean, uh, have you read Fear Agent? I haven't, but I have the the uh, collected edition waiting to be read. Yeah, I, I'm dying to get to it. Um, Low is another one of my favorites, also by Rick Remender. Uh, the Star Wars line in general has been phenomenal. Um, particular shout-outs to Darth Vader, which recently ended um vision i'm sure that someone else was going to bring that up most likely but that's been uh, an incredible book amazing spider-man maybe a controversial pick but i've loved it um matt is shaking his head (laughs) uh dan slot i i really love the story he's been telling so far um the clone conspiracy has been pretty solid um yeah thank you uh and um and Batman. Batman by Scott Snyder. I'm not loving All-Star so much, but his entire previous run uh, was phenomenal, especially the, the you know later portion of it, which took place this year. Fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, that's my list. Those are the books I'm thankful for. So uh, Pete, you want to go?
2: Sure. Um, See, when we talked about doing this topic, I was thinking of it in kind of like a more uh, broad sense, not like stuff um, specific to this year. So I'll give my one answer I had prepared for that, and then I'll talk about some books I like this year. Um, The book I wanted to give a shout out to was actually Why the Last Man, um, which was like – I read that for the the first time I think when I was 16 or 17. And – that book's always been really special to me because it's one of my favorites, but it was also the first book or the first comic I ever read. That wasn't um, like a capes and tights book, you know, it was the first book I ever read that wasn't about superheroes. And um, I think it definitely gave me a lot to think about at that age. You know, it, it was like the first time I think I ever really remember like thinking about um, concepts like feminism and stuff like that in like a serious way or in a way that was in any way, um, even remotely enlightened, you know, about anything like that. So that book was always special to me for showing me that comics could be more, but also like teaching me just more about, um, the world outside of my like bubble, you know, at that point. Um, so shout out to that book. Um, and in terms of this year, um, you know, I, uh, I haven't been reading a lot of really new stuff, you know, I've been kind of just like keeping up with the books that I've been enjoying. And the thing that immediately comes to mind for me is, um, that my favorite comic, Invincible, is ending next year, so uh, I've been increasingly thankful for each issue because, you know, it's like, I know it's ending, you know, and uh, I'm trying to really savor the ride, and um, I'm really going to miss that book, but I'm excited to see it end, and I'm glad that uh, Kirkman's original plan of, like, handing it off to another team, you know, is, like, something that he axed, so I'm thankful for that, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think Invincible is going out the right way on their own terms, the creative team. So that that is absolutely something to be thankful for.
2: And as a team, you know, like while they're both kind of like still in it,
0: Tyler. Uh, uh,
3: In terms of this year, probably two main things that I'm thankful for. Um, I finally read after Matt telling me to read it for months, Omega Men, which was uh, that's written by Tom King and uh, who's the artist on it? I have no idea what his name is. It starts with a B. Yeah, I it think, was. Hold on, I think I have an issue of it. It's, Handy. It's very. Handy, it's like, book. notebook. Okay, <laughs> but while you while look it up, um, it's so good. It, it takes like a. It's weird because I'm not really a big DC guy. I'm more of a Marvel guy, if anything. And um, this book is a revolution in outer space. Um, and it's, it's violent, and there's twists everywhere, and no character is safe. Uh, it's it's really good and, and tom king just this has been his year it seems you yeah. know with a with, uh, sheriff of babylon him going on batman omega man uh vision which uh, Matt will probably talk about um it's been great this year uh and then this the, the young Animals imprint for dc has been something that really surprised me it's something that i'm really happy exists
2: oh i still haven't checked out any of those books man i'm like really interested in reading a couple of them though like
3: as stereotypical as this is uh I, I mean, I used to read, like, my dad's old X-Men comics. Like, I have this collection of, like, Dark Phoenix Saga and stuff like that. But, like, when I was in high school and I was, you know, a hot topic nerd, uh, I walked in and found Umbrella Academy, which was Gerard Way's, you know, Dark Horse work. Mm, uh, right. And I fell in love with that book. And, like, that opened my eyes. Like you said, how, um, how why The Last Man opened your eyes to other than, like, you know, Capes books. Uh, this opened right. my eyes to really, really, like, what a comic could be. And you should see him back in pretty much working in his own whole section of the DC universe is really exciting for me and, it, and some of the people he's got on it is awesome. It's
2: insane, man. Um, you know, it's like I was never uh like a My Chemical Romance fan growing up, but it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to get away from that band. You know, it's like especially like, i you know i grew up in new jersey where it's like they're from there so it's like the emo roots are real strong here um and uh to see him transition from being like you know the frontman of a band i've always like been aware of that a lot of my friends liked to like this like real force in comic books is fascinating man Absolutely fascinating. He's
3: even said like he became a rock star just so he could write comics.
2: It's, it, it's so funny too, man. I read this uh, interview with him where he was talking about um, why he like prefers working in comics, you know, because he's like music has always been so like laid back and natural for me. But it's like I love the grind of comics, you know, and, like the stress and all that stuff. And it's like it sounds like he's really having a good time. So I'm, I'm glad the books that are coming out of it are great, too. He won the Eisner for the, the book you were talking about, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and He's like a real good.
3: student of, of Grant Morrison. And I'm a huge Morrison fan, too. So, like, it has a lot of that f- same feel um, where it's you don't know what's going on. Stuff, like, right? Yeah, it's very, very
2: visual, yeah. too, yeah. I really want to check out Doom Patrol. Um, that looks like a really, really fun book.
1: It's quirky. Yeah, not to mention uh, Mike Allred's
3: doing a film issue next year. So that's going to be fun. Cool. So is Simon mm.
1: ba- uh, Bisley or Basley? I think it's Bisley. 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 Also, um,
2: the illustrator for Omega Men is uh, Barnaby Bagenda.
3: Yes, yes. I knew it was, it was a double B sort of thing. Yeah, he's he's great.
2: That's such a good comic book name. <laughs> Bonobie Bagenda. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm surprised he's what not on a new DC book. Uh, I mean, that's... I mean, I think... Uh, I guess I can transition with, with Matt and I. I think we're both thankful for Howard the Duck. This is the most Howard the Duck talk you will ever have on this this, this show, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, like, even even Matt's phone case is... I got Howard the Duck on my it's, phone. It's my, my old one. And
1: I handed nice. it down to him to continue the legacy. Um, that yeah. Was, that, Howard the Duck became my new saga in the past year where like, well, book. right after I graduated school, like there was a summer where every month I'd pick up saga and I would just cry. <laughs> and, but like this, I think it's called depression. Yeah. <laughs> but like Howard the Duck became that book for me where like each, each month, uh, Joe is and, uh, Chip Zdarsky would push the limits for me of like what I'd expect out of a comic and what I'd expect out of like humanity and emotions and like it really just but it's a duck like it's a duck <laughs> and then there's like some real real stupid gags in it that are great uh,
3: there was a there was a there was a Sentinel who became like it was he was the Iron Punisher Iron Punisher so he was he was the Punisher who only wanted to kill
1: superheroes but he was a Sentinel what yeah it, it's it's crazy and he adopted a robot a robot cat who was the cat version of joe quinones's real life cat who was similar looking to the cat from rent morrison's we three Whoa. so yeah That's, yeah sounds like a book
3: worth
2: checking out sold it's heavy, the book right? to everyone
3: yeah it
4: just yeah, ended with issue 12 I, mean, I love
2: howard the duck i really do like as a character i i think he's just hilarious I, like, I would love for them to, I, I don't necessarily think they should make, like, a Howard the Duck movie, but I'd love for them to make, g- give him, like, a Netflix miniseries where he's just running a, he's got an office in New York.
3: <laughs> like a web series
1: or, like, have him in Guardians of the Galaxy a little more. I yeah, know, something. uh, Greenback commented on it. He's like, he might come back. You never know. It's up to James Gunn. Which I think he's James so Gunn pretty. likes him, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do you, what do you think for Matt? Uh, Besides me. <laughs> I'm thankful for Tyler, but uh, first and Forced foremost, I th- I have to say I'm most thankful for Raphael Albuquerque this year, whether it be Hawk, it, it, oh, yeah. Attack on Titan anthology, Batgirl, American Vampire. He's going to Hit Girl right after he finishes his Batgirl run. Like he is my favorite artist in comics right now. Everything he puts out is great. A work. It's kinetic. It's lively. And it's just so fun to read like it makes me enjoy it and he also helped bring about uh i have to say huck really was the renaissance for mark miller for me like i used to read miller a lot when i was in high school and then kick-ass 2 came out yeah, and there was a the gangbang devolved. scene and i it was not about that
2: really i thought that'd be right up your alley
1: <laughs> not to read yeah. <laughs> oh, ten. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. yeah yeah, but like i like i'm really Maybe. grateful for both miller and albuquerque Um, Miller Miller didn't have Yeah, like a renaissance You're right Like Reborn Empress
3: Hawk Uh, Jupiter's Legacy Yeah, Jupiter's Circle Well,
1: both Yeah Circle circle and Legacy I don't know I met him uh, The day after my birthday This summer And I know he's bringing back My favorite series American Jesus Which stars uh, The Son of Satan And it's very, very interesting. No, so we're thankful for Satan, too. (laughs) I'm thankful for Satan. Doing Satan's work. That's the long box motto. (laughs) Other book I'm I'm thankful for Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, the Kate Left, Brittany Williams book. Um, I can't even describe why I love this book. It's just, it's very positive, and we don't really get that a lot in comics. And especially with how weird Marvel's been lately, it's good to have a consistently positive, upbeat. Especially when you have Cyclops dying from a pox. Like,
3: like, it's good to have a book where they just go to the mall, you know? Who, who did the art on that one? Brittany Williams.
2: I really, really liked her uh, her work on that. Did she do the colors, too? Oh, I think she does I, everything. I think so. It's so like, I, rem- I just remember, I, I only read, like, I think the first two or three of it, but um, I I really, really liked the art a lot. And there was just, like, something about the colors were really memorable to me on that book. What other books am I grateful for?
1: Uh, Malo Monaro. No, I've read a lot of good Manera. I've read a lot of bad Manera. Uh, I'm really grateful. I picked up a new book. uh, Well, it's an old book, but it's like I started picking up the collections, uh, Paul Chadwick's Concrete, and it's just about a guy who gets put into an alien concrete body. And it's really sad, but also
0: really, (laughs) I don't even know the words to describe it. It's just really good. If you have the time, check it out. Are you not thankful for that book you were reading for seven hours?
1: (laughs) Uh, Anna. Uh oh no. Uh I mean I'm it's really one of those things that. where I tried to order it online, I tried to get a physical copy, but uh there's no English translation yet. I just I mean no physical English translation. You can read it online. I don't know. I used to be really into manga and I think like this year I've been pushing it more. Like I read a book by a, a new asana called The Girl on the Shore, which is extremely graphic and I think I heard it's good it's great uh, like I really I love that format I love what it can do and can what
3: you it can get be. over I can't get over reading backwards I, like uh, I don't know why I can't get past that
1: I can do I it, it if it's not digital. digital
3: like I just it, just, it doesn't like because I'll, I'll get it for like three pages and I revert back to normal comics reading and then <laughs> reverse it, reverse it, it, yeah it is the, <laughs> the electric slide of is that the electric slide I don't know I don't know dance moves I'm getting a no from, from I'm getting a no Okay, all
0: right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a no, Matt, on being thankful for that book, right? I don't know. I
2: mean, maybe. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you guys back on the show. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy that you guys came on. Uh, it's been a blast. And uh, we definitely have to do this again sometime, maybe with the whole band. I think that would be really cool. Um, so, yeah, that, that about wraps up this episode of The Comics Pals. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. And if you did, be sure to like and comment on the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow us on Twitter at The Comics Pals, Instagram at The Comics Pals, and you can write to us at The Comics Pals at gmail.com. Uh, definitely check us out on iTunes as well and SoundCloud. Um, and also, huge thanks to tyler and matt for joining us check them out on the long box be sure to look them up you guys will have a blast if you've enjoyed listening to this episode at all you will love what they do when they are when it's just them left to their own devices
3: just a, a thing if you see on our twitter that we might have kickstarted a porn parody matt just forgot which account
0: he was on
1: it happens often i try to delete them after but sometimes <laughs> it just happens yeah so
0: <laughs> So let's jump into the plugs real quick. Pete, you always start us off, so go right ahead.
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to start the plugs like I always do by thanking you for joining us here on episode six. And I hope you'll be back for next episode. Um, Remember that we're going to be – oh, no, we'll be back next week. I forgot. This is time shifted. doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so if you want to see more of me, you can get me on social media. I'm lat at loud underscore Pete on both Twitter and Instagram, Um, regularly talking about pop culture and posting gifts that express my frustration with the world. Uh, If you want more content from me, you can check out my YouTube channel. uh, It's Slack and Slash on YouTube or SlackandSlash.com and and at Slack and Slash on all anywhere social media is found. And, um, you know, we do Let's Plays. I got a podcast about video games on Mondays. Um, I do scripted shows on Wednesdays, stuff like that. So if you're a gamer, I hope you'll come spend some time with me.
3: I'm actually really interested in that. I'm, I'm down. I'm down.
2: Check it out. I love it. I would, lo- I would love to have you guys on the show. I told Matt, like, I want him to come on and play Leadershoot Shoot Ladder. You should come. <laughs> oh, <no>. so bad. <laughs> like, you guys should so do it. Please. I would love to have you guys on the
0: show. Tyler, you want to go?
3: Uh, yeah, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I guess uh, you can follow our actual Longbox page at uh, Longbox Podcast or uh, our website, longboxpodcast.com.
1: I forgot what my handle was for a second. Is it, uh, is it Leather Daddy you can or Harry Musen Top? And follow me at Matthew P L Murphy on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, don't look for me on Facebook. I've been told I've been too problematic lately. Yes. So don't <laughs> don't try to contact me there. Yep. No, you get blacklisted. <laughs> oh, I'll get blacklisted.
0: Marco.
4: Uh, yeah, you guys can follow our other podcast or my other podcast. Uh, parlopod which is a monthly swamp thing podcast as you guys know i love swamp thing and also splurge versus the weekly sister podcast and you can follow me at voodoo.band that's for the instagram for um my blues jazz rock band
0: and with that we're the comics pal signing off take care guys bye
4: bye